Would you just take a second, and I, I know I don't want to break what's here, and we're not going to allow that to happen, but uh, the leadership team allowed us to, to invite some of our friends from the Dallas-Fort Worth area to be here with us for worship today. And let me just say that I, I've been doing this a little while, and, and there's a lot of different kinds of worship leaders. There's people that know how to, to get up here and try to get you to worship. There's people that can tell you to worship from up here. And there are people that know how to actually lead you into the presence of God because they, they live there. And I, I know these people. I've known them for many years. And I just want to thank them for serving us this morning and leading us into the presence of God. Would you help me do that right now? You can be seated. Wow, man, this might be the shortest message I've ever preached in my life. But I'd rather just be in the presence of God, you know? Thank you guys, all of y'all. Thank you so much. I, I would take time normally to thank everybody, but I'm, I'm going to get right to it. I, I have been sort of carrying this, this moment in my heart for a few weeks now. Uh, and my prayer for a few weeks now has been that in this few minutes we have together this morning that God would just, the Word of God would penetrate our hearts and just break some stuff off of all of us. And that's what we're going to be talking about here for a minute. Uh, can you just throw up that one slide, scriptures, just the scriptures one. Uh, if you want to follow along with scriptures, I just threw them on a, a landing page for you. You can go to lrdfw.com slash imagine. And all that is is just a list of the scriptures if you want to kind of track with us today where we're going to go. I'm going to quickly go to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I'm going to read a few scriptures. Here's how it's going to go. I'm going to read a few scriptures. We want to establish some things regarding God's word concerning our lives. And then we're going to deal with some of the things that are keeping us from realizing what God has for us. And we're going to address those once and for all, for those that would like to do that. And then we're going to have a, a little exercise here at the end that I think is going to be very powerful that will give us a way to just get launched out of here today. Jeremiah 29.11, I'm reading from the NIV. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not for your harm. I need you to understand, God has no interest whatsoever in you suffering. I just don't want you to hear that. Plans to give you hope and to give you a future. One translation says, my preferred future for you. Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly. I just love all the expletives here almost. It's like, it's, it's far and it's more and it's abundantly. It's just, it's like triple threat. Far more abundantly. Here's another one. Beyond. All. Everybody say all. Now listen, I'm a scholar, alright? I'm a scholar. I'm a theologian, man. I, you know, and in the Greek, all means see how, see how smart I am? It's awesome. All means all. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. And we always leave this last part of the verse out, unfortunately, but it's important to our, our subject today, according to the power that works in us. God's ability to release in us and through us and on us the far more abundantly beyond, there's a bit of a contingency here. And that is, can I get the power that he's placed in me activated in working with what he wants to release? according to the power that works in us. John 1, 1, one of my favorite verses of Scripture, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, present with God, and the Word was God. So when, you, when we use the term the Word of God, the Word is God, God is the Word, they're, they're, they're inseparable, 
And then we go to Isaiah 55 on your list there. And, and again, my gosh, this is one of my most, I mean, this is my go-tos right here. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me, capital M, empty without accomplishing what I desire, talking about God, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. When God says something concerning my life or your life, and by the way, He has spoken some stuff, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. When God releases his word over your life, which by the way, we'll see in a moment that in Jeremiah, he said to Jerry, he said, Jerry, before you were conceived, I knew you. And so God has spoken things, and here's what I need you to hear on the front end of this message here, just for a few minutes. When God speaks a word concerning your life, he is expecting it to return, having accomplished what he sent it to do in your life. You checking me? All right. Three things I want us to talk about just here for a few minutes. God has incredible plans for you. Those plans include abundance, protection, hope, and a future. Some of you have begun to believe that you don't have a future. You look, you watch the news, you watch the, all the crises, crises, that's a great word, the crises going on around the world and all the, you listen to all the pundits and all the radio talk shows and all the podcasts and you fill your brain and your mind and your heart and by the way your spirit with garbage. And then, and then we turn around and we begin to talk about, watch, we talk about what we hear, right? And by the way, your faith, your belief, how you think and how you believe comes by hearing. Oh, because you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So what you, what you hear and choose to intake is where your faith is going to be aligned. So some of us need to turn some crap off. The preacher said crap. I'm sorry. I'm channeling Jim Denzine here. Number two, God's word concerning your life has existed from before the foundations of the world. Number three, what God knows to be true about you trumps all other information. Sorry for the Trump ref reference there. That was a joke, y'all. What God knows to be true about you trumps all other information and will certainly, will certainly manifest in your life if you can find your way into agreement with what God has said. That's the key. Belief is the key. Say this with me. My mind is made up. And don't just say the words. I want you to, to really like allow your spirit to grab that and let it be a part of what your heart... See, it's not just what we confess with our mouth. It is what we believe in our hearts that shows up. Right? Here's a fundamental truth for you. As believers, we are created to know and experience an above-average life, above-average influence, above-average wealth. You say, oh my gosh, he's a prosperity preacher. Well, I promise you I'm not a poverty one. Yeah, thank you for that one. Amen. <laughs> and we are called to have above-average impact. I love the passage that says that God, I mean, Jesus said, you are the, the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. And he said, you are the salt of the earth. And it, but if the salt has lost its potency or its ability to function as salt, it is good for nothing. And all that happens to that salt is it gets trampled underfoot. So we have a lot of incredible born-again, faith-filled believers that are, are unfortunately, unfortunately not functioning as the change agent that is salt. And we're about to change that. Say my mind's made up. Do you know that Satan comes to steal and to kill and to destroy? I mean, Jesus said that himself. He says, Satan comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. And we, we love to talk about how Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It is true. But that's not the whole verse. Jesus didn't stop with that. He said, but I have come 
he drew a contrast that you might have life and that life more abundantly. One translation says, I came that you might have life to the full. Listen, you know, if I'm thirsty, I'll take a half a glass of water. But I'd prefer if you offered me a full glass, because I like full. And some of us have settled for, you know, the glass half empty and the glass quarter full, or whatever you want to call it. But I'm telling you, God's intention for your life is that you live abundantly. Abundantly. That's what, that should be our expectation. I'm going to probably mess some people up right here because I know we come from different backgrounds, but I'm going to say what I'm going to say. There's a good chance that most of us in this room were taught that salvation is fire insurance. You know, that, that coming to Christ is all about missing hell and going to heaven. And, and there is a part of that that is absolutely true. There, there is that component. But I, I can take you to probably two dozen scriptures if I had time, and I could show you that that wasn't God's reason for sending His Son to the earth. He sent, he sent the second man, Adam, Jesus, to the earth to, to restore something that was lost over here. God's original intent is seen in Genesis chapter 1 where it says, Hey, I, I created you. I put you in this beautiful place place and here's the deal I want you to be fruitful hmm multiply not add multiply I want you to take over fill the earth and then he said I want you to have dominion which indicates he intends for us to lead not follow if you ain't the lead dog baby the scenery never changes and some of us are tired of stiffing up some dog pack ahead of us we, we tired of that we want to get out in front of this thing so we have to lead. The entire canon of Scripture points to God's heart toward us. Here's, I'm not going to read all these Scriptures. They're not on your list. Just let, me just, let me just cheek through them here. You can look them up later. But the Bible says we are adopted and we are accepted into the Beloved. We've already talked about He has wonderful plans for our life, for our future, for our, our health, our prosperity. Uh, I'm going to say this. Please don't take this the wrong way. But if you're struggling with your health in here, yes, there are things that we all need to do about taking care of this temple a little bit better. But I'm going to tell you right now, sickness and disease has no place with you. If you tolerate it, it'll hang around. If you take authority over it, it has to go. He's given us the power. I, there's a verse of Scripture, Jim, that says that God has given us the power to make wealth. Anybody ever read that Scripture? Don't look at me like I'm crazy. It's in your Bible. It's there. He has given us the, the impetus, the, the capability, the creativity to go out and make wealth. I love this one. He says, you are the head and not the tail. Please, right now, I want everybody to look at your neighbors and look around and say, you don't need to be the tail anymore. You ain't a good-looking tail. Leave, no. <laughs> Leave that alone right there, Brian. Don't go any further with that one, okay? <laughs> I'm saying, you made to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Are you hearing what? This is just scriptures. I'm just telling you what God's heart is for us. And we, we are grappling with such craziness in our world right now, and we're fighting, and I'm just trying to help you have an armory of scriptures to go to to understand who you are and what you have. The head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. The spirit of poverty and lack has no place in you. None. By the way, let me just talk about, the, I don't know why I feel led to do this, but sickness and disease. Let's talk about it. Matthew 10. All, Jesus called his disciples to himself. He sent them out to go preach and to teach and to heal all manner. Read the scripture, Matthew 10. To heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Did he give his disciples authority over all? All. Every kind of sickness, every kind of disease. We have authority over it. Psalm 91.10, No sickness shall come nigh my dwelling place. Don't get me started on 2020. I've never seen Christians go freak out, freaky deaky, over the top crazy because they didn't understand that, that I don't care what's going on in the world. Ain't no sickness coming up in my house. 
Listen, I, 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 I'm going to come over here where the, my people of color are because they'll help me. <laughs> I'm going to preach over here for a minute. All right? I know how to hoop. You, you don't believe it, but I know how to hoop. Spirit of poverty and lack is broken. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall, shall, not might, not if you beg enough, not if you get enough people helping you pray about it. My God shall supply all of your needs according to not your bank account or your circumstance, but according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 9, 8-11. And God is able to make... I love this. There's so many alls in this scripture. It's just, it's just so redundant. I don't know what, what Paul's problem was. But he says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, He scattered abroad. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness, you will, you will be enriched in everything with all liberality. Amen. How much more plain can it get? So please don't get all caught up in all this nonsense going on, you know, scarcity and shortages and we're about to all starve to death. And Would you stop? Become a believer in the Word. God's promises are yes and amen. They're settled. <laughs> I mean, if he said it, it's going to show up. That's what Isaiah said, right? Watch this. If there's a breakdown somewhere as far as how it's looking in our life, it is not a God problem. He is not holding out on you. He is not saying, you know, I, I don't know about this Renz dude. You know, I, mean, I love him and everything, but, you know, he just, you know... I don't know. <laughs> God's not holding out. He, he is no respecter of persons. His promises are yes and amen. And if you, are in the, if you have been adopted as a son, you've come to Christ, I'm telling you, you have access to stuff you cannot even begin to imagine. But we have to believe it. The, the breakdown is not with Him. It is inside of our hearts. It is the fact that we have not aligned our faith and our internal belief with what heaven has said about our life. You checking with me? All right, I gotta hurry because this worship team took forever. Gosh! <laughs> All right. How many of you know the scripture? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I said this yesterday up here, just briefly. Uh, you know, people act in accordance with the truth as they believe it to be. We literally behave. We make unconscious choices every day. We don't. You know, how many of you have ever driven somewhere from point A to point B and you don't, don't remember the drive at all because it just it happened literally second nature. It happened on autopilot. That is how the human being functions. Actually, we 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 are governed by our internal mechanisms, our beliefs. We don't even. This is sad. We don't even think about what we're doing, but we are behaving in acting in accordance with the truth as we believe it to be. I can't give what I don't have. I can't impart to tens of thousands of people that, by the way, are going to be flocking to this company, to this group of people, because of the Spirit of God that is so evident here and the mission that we have. Our mission is to go out and obviously move product and, and sell things and, and recruit and bring people into the fold. But I promise you, there's an overarching vision, which is we want to reach people for Jesus. And people are going to... When they walk to... Listen, this worshiping this morning, I came in here to check on them pretty early because they got here at 7 this morning to rehearse and to do a sound check and to prepare the atmosphere for us, which I think is commendable. It's amazing. They got here. I walked in here about 7.30, 7.45, and, and Beth, who is uh, leading here, Clay and Beth are, are husband and wife. Beth said to me, she started crying. She goes, I don't know what's in this room. She said, but something's in this room. And people are going to be attracted to it. And I'll tell you why. It's because they are struggling. They are hurting. They are looking. They are listening for a sound. And this company is about to provide a sound that no one's heard before. Say with me, my mind's made up. All right, I'm hurrying here. No 
millions of people right now all over the world are truly desiring to, to get up out of whatever the, the thing is they've been stuck in. We'll call it the funk. This dark cloud, this dark whatever it is. I, 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 I'm not going to go too much further with the description because I'm probably going to say something that my wife will regret that I said. She told me what I could and couldn't say today. <laughs> I think there's an instinctive desire in, in our hearts to rise above and to be set apart. You know, in, in years past, in my, my religious background, there was a teaching, you know, it's scriptural, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. And, and the group that I came up with interpreted that to mean that we were to isolate ourselves and look different and be weird and all this kind of stuff. But, but here's the deal. What that means is, is that I'm telling you right now, there should be such a distinction between the blessing of God, the abundance, the peace that we carry in our hearts. When people meet us, when they come in that door right there, they should feel something envelop them because of what's in this room. And I'm telling you, it's happened this weekend. People are longing for this. In our hearts, we know that we're designed for more. We know that God's invited us into something that is so big and so huge and so global. But yet, so many of us, and yes, even some of us in this room, we continue, and I'm going to use a nasty word right here. Y'all are going to pucker up and get all cringy as soon as I say this word. Right? But so many of us are still quarantined. Not in our homes, but in our minds. Because we've not shed all of the garbage we picked up along the way. We haven't gotten rid of it. I've talked to so many of you and then some of the team has shared some other stories with me. I, I, I'm very aware. I pastored for a long time, y'all. So I, I, you can't have a, a group of people this size and not have people that are going through things, as, as Beth said a while ago. It just, it just is what it is. But I know all of us have experienced challenges. Some of us, and I can name you, some of us experienced real tragedies in recent days, weeks, months. Some of us have have experienced betrayal. Uh, I was so, uh, I was moved, and, I, and then I was really blessed by your transparency and your honesty on, on a Zoom call we had just a few weeks ago when you shared your heart. Because I'm going to tell you what, one of, the, one of the greatest tools Satan has is for you to keep everything inside. I promise you, you bring your junk into the light, God heals it. That's how that works, okay? But I, I listened as TK shared his heart, man, from a, just a really raw place. And I'm like, that guy, man, that guy has such a heart for the Lord, and he was on a mission, and, and he was tracking. And, and the, the people, the decision makers somewhere up here decided to yank the rug out from under he and, and Mary, and, and all of a sudden they find themselves back at zero going, what just happened? There's a lot of you in this room that have experienced that. It stinks. Some of you have had your dreams ripped from you and your hearts just pulled right out of your chest. Some of you have experienced real loss. I mean, I, I, I think of my nomadic friend over here. I mean, to lose a spouse. There are people in this room that have lost children. There are people here that have, have lost jobs, have lost careers, have lost friends. I, I want to say to you that my, my heart... My heart is empathetic, and I have compassion. I mean that with all my heart. My, my wife will tell you I'll cry with anybody. I'm just a big softy. My heart, my heart feels that, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that stuff happened, Terry. I'm so sorry. You, you deserve. You and Mary deserve so much better than that, than for somebody to, to jack you around and just rip the, the rug out from under your feet. That's just not okay. I'm sorry. But then I'm going to come behind that and I'm going to say to you, you have a choice now. Do you let those things define you? Do you let these tragedies and these hurts dictate your tomorrow? Do you let what somebody else said about you stick and determine how you go about 
planning your life, dreaming, thinking, hoping? Do you let this junk that's been perpetrated maybe even against you intentionally, do you let that stuff shape the belief system you have regarding, especially contrasted against what God has spoken to you? And I know that I know that I know that some of you in this room have such incredible words from the Lord about your destiny, about your future. Many of you in this room are going to use this marketplace right here to launch your ministry. And you're going to reach... Uh, we were talking the other day in the... In the it's funny. We were talking in the bar. That's what we are doing. <laughs> We were talking in the bar about kingdom things. Amen. Hallelujah. We were talking about over here about our, our, our dreams and our desires out of, out of this company of people, out of this group of people to go build schools and build orphanages and, and go do feeding programs and other kinds. We, we want to take what God is blessing with. But some of you are sitting on dreams and things that God has seated in your heart, but yet you have allowed circumstance and people to govern and to dictate whether or not you launch into it. Today we draw a line in the sand. I want to tell you, make no mistake, there's a battle going on right now. It's not political. I mean, I know that's, that, that's a red-hot mess. I, I, know, I know there's cultural wars going on. I know there's all this junk going on. But let me tell you, the greatest battle is this, is that you and I who know Christ... We got to keep our heads straight. We got to keep our eyes and our hearts in the Word of God, and we can't be distracted with TikTok and junk and mess and all the garbage, that, all the inputs. We have to be focused and understand that God has something for us to do, and it's time for us to get about doing that. I'm going to land this plane. Feel good about that because I'm a commercial pilot. I know how to do it. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 8. It's on your list there. For though I, we, we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but might. This is amazing. He didn't start talking about the devil here and how powerful the devil was. He transitions from, your, 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 your battle's not with anybody outside of you. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to what? The pulling down of strongholds. Well, what's a stronghold? Well, he, he goes further in the next verse and he explains what a stronghold is. Casting down Imaginations. Put that imagine thing back up there, please. Imaginations. What's an imagination? It's pictures. It's images. That's what the root word is image. What, what picture do you have of your future? What picture do you have of your life? What picture do you have of your business? What picture do you hold in your mind? And if we have erected images or pictures or some sort of a landscape that is not the picture that God saw, then we have the wrong imagination. He says the battle is casting down imaginations and, this is important, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Put it to you like this. There are things that have been erected as idols in our lives and they have erected themselves to contradict what God knows to be true about you. So many other things I could share. I don't have time. Put on the mind of Christ. <laughs> just take your hands like this. And put on a helmet real quick. Just, just put, put, on, put on it. Every one of us, thank God, every one of us got up and put on clothes this morning. Because... <laughs> It would make my job really hard right now if somebody had forgotten to do that. Uh, all of us, right? I'm saying. But we put on. So every day I get up and I decide. Today I'm putting on God's thoughts. His thoughts are higher than mine. His ways are better than mine. He knows. He can see things I can't see. So I put him on. I put on the mind of Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind. I talked about this the other day in the Sapphire meeting. It's a, it's a really interesting concept. Gird up the loins. I, I don't have time to go into this, but loin, why did he choose that word picture? Simply because male or female, loins represents the, the reproductive systems. And he says, these thoughts, they will reproduce themselves like rabbits. You've got to gird that stuff up. Satan knows that if he takes up shop in our mind, he's got us. Now, the entire apparatus, and I, I'm going to tick some people off here. Who was the guy that talked about Facebook the other day and, and social media? Was that you? I love you, brother. 
I love you. And I'm, I'm, for marketing purposes, go do it. I want to tell you something right now. Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, so all these, all these things have systematically broken down a culture, and we become so addicted to it, so distracted by it that it has it has taken over an entire society of people. So here's the deal. I mean, I'm, I'm not telling you what to do, but I would suggest if you want to get back, get your mind back, you might want to put some of that stuff down because it's messing you up. Whose report will you believe? I mean, everybody wants a voice in your life. All these influencers. No. I'm reminded of Abraham. This is the funny story. I, this is one of my most favorite illustrations, Byron. Sometimes, how many of you, how many of you, just by, by a quick poll here, and I'm wrapping up. How many of you know in your heart that God has you here for a reason? Absolutely. Bigger than just business. How many of you, hands down, how many of you have a dream that has been somewhere in the closet or on the shelf for a long time? Life has dealt you some stuff and it has taken you off the playing field. But you know, if, if, as I'm talking, you're remembering and you know that God has something really unique and special for you to engage. Look, look around the room, y'all. Man, if we could just get activated, we'd change the freaking world. Look what's happening here. Abraham, the angel comes to Abraham <laughs> when the dude's a hundred. It says, you're going to have a kid. That'll be Sarah, his wife, overheard the conversation. She's in the other room cracking up laughing because she had, well, I shouldn't say that. She had seen him in the shower. <laughs> that ship has sailed. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. The Bible even says that uh, it says it so 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 cleanly. It says, "And Abraham considered his own body." <laughs> Abraham was in the bathroom one day. He looked at one to the mirror, and he's just going. Yeah, no. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes, sometimes, what we see with our eyes doesn't match the word we have, but we have to see beyond the facts. And we have to believe the word. All right, I'm really closing with this now. Who told you you couldn't be successful? Who told you? Who told you that God could not use you because at some point in your life, maybe from a religious perspective, you failed and you're now disqualified? Who told you that nonsense? Who told you that you'd have to be alone the rest of your life? That's a lie. I'm speaking to somebody. Who told you that you couldn't have a ministry because you're not, you're, not, you're not a ministry candidate. You're not qualified to do that. Who told you you weren't worthy this is for somebody, and I'm, I'm being serious. Somebody in this room struggles so much with your appearance because somebody told you that you were ugly and that you were useless. Who told you that? That's not what God said about you. He sees you as beautiful. In fact, He sees you as stunning. Who told you that you were just average? You wouldn't really amount to much. Who told you that your addiction or your struggle that, that came on you maybe as a young child, whatever may have happened to you, a tragedy, a, 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 an abuse or whatever, who told you that that disqualified you and now you're damaged goods? Who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you that... This one's for TK. Who told you that you missed your opportunity? That ship sailed. The great I am is in this room today to shift things in your life. He is inviting you to remember that His promises are yes and amen. The gifts and the callings of God, He does not repent from them. He doesn't retract them or reverse them. I am created in His image. Clay, would you come help me? 
Where's Clay? I know he's here somewhere. I am created in his image. He formed me in his mind. I am a child of God. I love I am statements. If you haven't done affirmations, these are good, good, good places to start. I am a son of God. I am an heir. I am loved. I am approved of. I am beautiful. I am worth much. I have value. I am gifted. I am called. I am prosperous. I am successful. I am wealthy. I am healed. Somebody needs to take that one today. I am healed. I am accepted. I am favored. I am influential. I am happy. I am anointed. I am fulfilled. I am known. I am blessed of my Father, loved by my Father. My dad thinks I am the greatest thing in the world. I'm fearless. I'm a lender, not a borrower. I'm above only, not beneath. But I could go on and on and on and on. Last scripture. This one's on your list because I want you to remember it. How many have heard the verse of scripture quoted before that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways? Raise your hand. Anybody ever heard that? I'm about to show you in this verse here that that's not really the complete verse. That's a little bit of a lacking translation of that because what the passage actually says is, James 1, 5 through 8 says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Here's your verse. For that man who's tossed around and he mixes doubt with his faith, for that guy should not expect that he will receive anything from the Lord being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. That's pretty shocking. I've had you say several times, my mind's made up. And that's really why I'm here today, is to challenge you to make up your mind. On your, on your table there, there's some little stacks of white paper. And this is how we're going to close. I'm done. So each of you grab one of those sheets of paper, get you a pen in hand. By the way, you don't have to participate in this at all. But I believe there's an invitation to do something here. Sometimes, sometimes we take something physical and it, it, it's the outward expression of, of a heart's decision and we're able to, I'll, I'll use the word, prophetically act on something by getting it out of our heads and, and out here on the table somewhere. As I've been speaking today, some of you have been remembering some of you don't have to remember too far back because you're walking through some stuff right now. But if you have experienced tragedy or failure or darkness or depression or pain or struggle, if you've been struggling these last few years, these last few months, these last few weeks or days, allowing your heart to believe again, there's something back here that God wants you to leave at His feet today. And, and as, you, as you write down, and you can do this in code if you need to. Nobody's going to look at these. They're going in the trash because that's where they belong. But here's what I want you to do. All the disappointments, all the fears, all the pain, all the failures, all the stuff. Whatever it is that's been holding you back from being uncovered and unlocked and unleashed into your assignment. I want you just to write some few words on there that represent that event, that moment, that pain, that tragedy. You've been holding on to it too long. I talked about Abraham a minute ago. We were laughing and chuckling about that. But many, many years later, after they had their child, the biological together child, the promised one. Abraham's beloved wife dies. Historians believe that, you know, 
Abraham didn't just take the normal amount of time to grieve his wife. The, the boy was stuck. This is the father of the faith, man. This is the guy who had, I mean, he was wealthy. He was, I mean, he was, he was the man God chose to make a covenant with. And here he is in a season of his life, and he has a tragedy, a loss. He's dealing with immediate right now kind of pain. And he could not let go. All his, his boys surrounding him were wondering, man, how long is Abraham going to keep grieving over his wife? She hadn't even buried her yet. And the Lord comes to him and says, okay, now it's time. You need to get up now. Get up from over your wife. Some of us have been hovering over the thing that we lost. Just staring at it, crying about it, grieving over it, reliving it. God said, get up from over your wife now and go bury her. It's time. Abraham had other assignments in his life. If you, if you study his life out, he wasn't finished. But he could not get on with it until he said, okay, I got I to gotta, I gotta bury my wife. So he looks around at his, his group of people and he says, hey guys, would you give me a place where I can bury my dead? I know I'm improvising here a bit. But I believe in his heart he knew he wasn't finished and he had more to do. But he had to leave the past. Something he cherished, something he loved, something he cared deeply about. He had to leave it over here. So that he can move into what God had for him in this season. That's what you're putting on that paper. I want to give you just, I'm, I'm, I, hope, I hope you sense that, that the Holy Spirit is inviting you to get up from over your dead today. When you walk out of this room today, that is done. It is no longer a weight or a hindrance to what God is wanting to release in your life. Just take a moment, write it down. shift today we transition tomorrow's different now we get on with the business of the kingdom we're not hanging out with dead stuff I mean I guess this is an altar call I think really what we need to do is just those that would like to, those that, that feel that compelling in your heart to do so, and you're ready. You say, Brian, I'm done. I can't, I can't carry this anymore. Ron, buddy, God's not done with you, man. He's just not so much more, so much more. You are a walking vault of God's presence in His kingdom and His life and you have so much to give. So many people in this room. Man, I've just gotten to know a few of you. But man, there's just so much good here that God wants to do. I want to be a little transparent with you here. I know I'm taking too long and I'm sorry. Twenty eleven, twenty twelve, twenty twelve, January. My wife and I were pastoring. I was traveling all over the world, which I'd done for years, and 
we, we were doing what we thought we were supposed to be doing with the people we thought we were supposed to be doing it with. And kind of like today, the Lord just kind of extended an invitation to us. And my heart was just like, man, whatever you're doing, I want to do that. I had no idea, Byron. I had no idea that that would mean that the thing that I thought, that's why I so related to Terry the other day, the thing that I thought I would be doing my whole life, God was actually leading us away from. My entire identity was wrapped up in that. I mean, I didn't even know who I was outside of the context of that. And yet God said, will you go with me? I want to show you some stuff. And I, we said yes. And it led us to places we never expected, including here. And I really feel like today, Byron, I'm going to write mine on there. Because I know it's done. I know it's done. So I'm inviting you. If you feel ready to, to put it down, would you just come and lay it here? Just lay here, and, and I'm going to invite you to hang out here for a little bit. And we're going to pray over you before we close out. So come on. If you're ready to take what you've written on that paper and be done with it, to bury your dead, come right here and join me at the front, will you? Babe, will you write that down? You probably already have, and make sure we put that there together. Just stay up here with me for a little bit. You can pray. You can do whatever you feel like. Just, just the Lord's here. Just do what you need to do. I'm going to say this. Some of you have tried really hard not to grieve. Just let it go, man. Whatever you need to do, it's time. Just let it go. Come on, babe. Thank you, Father. You're so good. minutes to, to say what you need to say and do what you need to do. Don't be afraid just to talk to him. He's so trustworthy. thank you right now that you are so trustworthy. You care more for us than we can even begin to understand and you have been longing for us to trust you with these things. Today God these precious ones have responded to your invitation. It's a dad's invitation to say hey just let me have that. I already took care of it. So today God we say yes to you. We choose to lay all of this down. We choose to bury our dead. We choose to, to release all of the past and all of the good and all of the bad, all the trophies, all the everything. Lord, we just say, Lord, thank you for all of the things you've done for us there, but we choose to live for today and for the future you have prescribed for us. We thank you. <laughs> you. You've received us today, Lord, with open arms. Thank you.
I don't know why I keep coming back to you, Ron, but listen to me, brother. I mean, I get that we've aged a little bit, right? But there are dreams that God gave you 20, 30 years ago that you've yet to see happen. And He just wants you to know. He just wants you to know. He hasn't retracted those dreams. They're still here. And they're for you. I'm not calling you old. But in your old age, you will see those dreams fulfilled. You will. Mary. Mary, will you come stand with your husband, please? I've been praying for you, Terry. God's been plying some deep, deep ground in your heart, your heart these last few months, brother. just want you to know he's got you. You're in the right place at the right time with the right people. I thank you, God, for restoring hope and vision, fresh vision. No more doubt, Terry. No more doubt, brother. No more doubt. I want, to, I want to really be submitted to you guys, but I don't know what to do here, but just do what we're doing. Is it okay? Yes. That's the heart that's crying out to God. That's what it is. It's okay. Come here, son. He loves you, buddy. We're accepted. We're loved. The calling on your life is so real, man. You know it. It's time to let all that stuff go and just hard after him and see what he's got for you, man. Those of you who are standing here, just, I kind of call this receive mode, just, I don't know what God's doing, but let's just kind of get in a posture where we can receive whatever's going. You can keep going. Just receive. It's a beautiful thing happening here.
Come here, Kenny. I didn't even see you. Come here. my friend God let him know let him know that let him know that you are with him right now let me pray over you right now you know who that is just kind of put your hands in that mode we're going to close up here we got to move on but know that you, you, you're going to walk away from this area right here. And many of you are going to literally physically sense a lighter load. Because yes. you've chosen to leave it here. And I want to compel you right now by the Holy Spirit, choose not to pick it back up again. I'm going to tell you, God doesn't impose His will or His plans on anybody. He just invites us. Today he invited us to leave it here. So I want to I encourage you, leave it here. When you go back to your home, when you walk in, pray over your house and say, that stuff that I used to carry up in here, you know, it was a cool scripture. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I know you're going to preach this message one day. And you probably won't give me credit for it. <laughs> That's a joke we have. David gets sent. David is the passed over one. Nobody wanted to anoint David. Nobody recognized David. You know, shoot, Jesse, his dad, didn't even bring him into the house when the prophet was looking to anoint a king. I think Jesse might have been embarrassed of him a little bit. I don't know. But all of David's brothers are off at the battlefield with the Philippines. Oh, the Philippines. The, Phil the Philistines. Sorry to all the Filipinos in the room. I'm sorry. And, and David gets to be the errand boy and take them some bread, some cheeses, and some some smoked sausage and whatever else he, he sent with them over there. So he David pulls up. David's a worshiper. He knows the presence of God. He knows the Word of God. He talks with God all the time. He's hanging out with the Lord. And those boys are out there trying to fight the enemy. And so he gets to send, bring a basket of stuff to them. So he, he shows up at the battlefield and he hears Goliath doing what Satan does. Lying. Yeah. Accusing. I mean, propaganda. Yeah, I mean, that's what's going on in our world right now. We got Goliath screaming at the people of God. David gets cold, hard. I might want to use one of your terms. Ticked off. Because something in him gets up and he says, Oh, no, no, no. You ain't going to talk about my God that way. And you know the story, right? But here's what's cool. When he came into the camp... There's a little teeny mini piece of scripture in there. Before he could enter into his place of assignment, the little scripture says, and David left his baggage with the baggage keeper. What? Leave, it, leave your baggage today right here. God's a whole lot better with your baggage than you are, I promise you. So Father, right now we thank you for this. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for the weights being lifted off of people. Thank you for people's hearts being released into faith and confidence and boldness. Thank you, God, for the release of your spirit in our lives in a powerful way. God, we are delighted to be a part of what you're doing here. Lord, your word declares that you will multiply and bless the works of our hands. So as we go out of here today, Lord, I pray that every, every little moment of effort we put into doing what you've given us here to do, Lord, that you would do, breathe on it. Just breathe on it. We know it's going to go well. We thank you. I thank you for physical healing. I thank you for emotional healing. I thank you for, Lord, all of the stuff that you've taken today. And we say we leave it today with you. 
never to pick it up again. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.